When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Great to have you in on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Will Wilson in today, and he's decked out in New Jersey uh, Institute of Technology gear. I kind of kid. It'll look good for a while. We'll get you updated on what Arkansas is doing to uh, the, well, the, the NIT of New Jersey. Uh, or, or MIT, better yet. Either way, it's a beatdown going on. Busy show, plenty of recruiting to get into today with Friday Night Lights and a host of visitors in town. We'll dive into it with Derek Peterson and Brandon Vogel from Hale Varsity. Greg Smith, kind enough to give us his take yesterday. Some thoughts on the NBA and LeBron going fishing. Bill Dolman, pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. will stop by to hit Husker Ball and some NBA And then this weekend's picks and a preview of some NBA and some NHL. Pride of Chicago, Danny Burke with us. Burke's best bets before we say goodbye. Numbers to dial up, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Can email chris at hailvarsity.com. Give me a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Give uh, Will Wilson a shout at Willie on the radios where you follow and find him on Twitter. Will, let's dive into this with the New Jersey Institute of Technology and the fighting hogs of Dave Van Horn. This thing looked okay for a while. His uh, first pitch was at 2 o'clock down at Fayetteville. And the New Jersey Institute of Technology jumped out one nothing. Then two nothing, and then uh, 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 three. Do I hear three? And then you blink. Arkansas gets a two-run bomb, I think, in the second or third inning, and it went out to left field. And I tell you what, you remember Haymarket when the Huskers were hosting? Remember when Miami was here for that Super Regional? Yeah. Just how wall-to-wall red it was. Mm-hmm. Well, it was. It, it is wall-to-wall red at Bomb Stadium, and it, it, you can't like move one way left one way right because it's so packed and Dave Van Horn we heard uh, coach Pat Casey tell us what a home field advantage Arkansas has I mean they're partying they're really partying now there's no more Jim Beam left because they're up said with me nine to three yikes nine to three that's the the latest count you have as you're you're watching in studio yeah, it uh, it just opened up in that I think it was the fifth inning. Oh fifth, man, yeah. it just they just buried them. It, it was it was three to two, and 
then it wasn't. Yeah. So the the only bit of news I can report that is, I guess, favorable as we look at a deep pitching weekend, <laughs> Dave Van Horn had to go to Kevin Copps to get the final out. Ooh. Bases loaded. New Jersey Institute of Technology was threatening up 3 nothing earlier in the ball game, I think the third inning, and they had to go to cops to get out of the inning. So I give credit to Arkansas's Twitter because they've got the whole police siren, the cops episode thing going. Oh, yeah. And it just says cops, K-O-P-P-S. I like that. That's not the arm that you want to go to this soon. Nope. As you look, how many pitchers has Arkansas used? Does that data show up? Uh, let me get that to you. Yeah, right. I'll open my the, app here. They're... they're um, they're going through arms, but they're uh, they're up just shy of the extra point with a touchdown, right? So Arkansas clearly came out either A, disinterested, or B, overconfident, or maybe a combination of both. But Dave Van Horn does not jack around. He is fierce. He is competitive. And he can have a frightening moment or two, a la Carlos Perez- going nuts with the baseball bat on the orange igloo Gatorade cooler back in the day. I don't know that Van Horn went nuts on a cooler in the dugout, <laughs> but he could have. They, uh, as far four, as I've seen, four, four pitchers, four, man. Four. Four, and uh, they're still in the fifth inning, surprisingly. And they they, they call on, on <laughs> the player of the year in wow. college baseball to come in and get a final out with two down and the bases juiced for the New Jersey and Institute just of Technology. Hit a, just hit another home run. It's now 10-3. to three. Man, they can put up runs in a hurry and a flurry. And uh, they have been as good as advertised when they're, when they're pushed. Right now, Jersey looks like they're headed to the loser's bracket. Mm. Uh, do not meet them tomorrow if you're Nebraska. We'll have a preview on the Big Red as they get ready for Northeastern. But uh, pretty busy week for us at the uh, the Schmidt household. Junior's been doing basketball camp, baseball camp, and football conditioning and training. All in the same day, all week, post-Monday. And I picked him up from oh boy. whichever session he finished. And he's like, yeah, they, they, they timed us today, Dad, for football. I was like, oh, really? You're a Schmidt? How did that go? Well, you know, I think they might like me at linebacker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not corner, not safety. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know what, Junior? Um, why don't you just start eating like I eat and just play defensive end? You don't need to have a, a, a five or a, yeah. a sub 540 to do, to, not yet, to, to play defensive end <laughs> for freshman ball. Like, yeah, I want to play linebacker. And they tell me I either need to be strong or fast or smart. And I'm pretty smart. I was like, yes, you are. I love you, boy. <laughs> but we will not divulge. We will not divulge the 40 time of junior or the 10-yard, the, the short distance time. No. All I can tell him is I am sorry. <laughs> that's on me. Hey, well, some, some are lucky, man. That's, that's on me, big time. <laughs> That's funny. Those are the worst, man. You get you get into summer for a few weeks, and then you got to go back and start doing athletic stuff. I remember doing that. 
Man, first few days, feel like I had to throw up. Not yeah, fun. I'm, I'm proud of him, though. He stopped gaming. Um, oh, wow. I just got a, a email in from Coach Brett, who's transporting Junior out to baseball. The Lincoln A's are going to start a win streak in June here at about 6 tonight. And uh, Junior fires back at me, I, I don't want to look like you, Dad. Oh, oh nice. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, thank you. Maybe, maybe we will divulge that 40 Uh-oh. time. Maybe yeah. we will. Think about it. Uh, you have kids working out, Will, for uh, Friday Night Lights, Nebraska. Big weekend for the Huskers. And listen, there's such a value for Nebraska football when it comes to campus visits, developing relationships, and then, of course, the experience of game day. And and game day's a ways away. We're under 90 days till kickoff. But that game day experience, it's its its own special animal. But when it comes to campus visits, either on the, the university's dime or on mom and dad's, though, that's so key to get kids to campus multiple times. And that's, you know, been a, a frustration, one of many from the COVID time, because you can't, it's virtual tour time. Yay. Wonderful. Sweet. But now you can get here. And Nebraska's got a, a slew of kids here. Uh, Richard Torres, the quarterback, that's that's the target. That's the guy. That's the dude that Nebraska likes for the 2022 class, uh, 6'6", out of San Antonio. He's uh, here. That's big news. And we'll see how things work out for, for him. He's slated to go check out uh, at Kansas State, at TCU, at SMU, at, at, at uh, University of Texas San Antonio, his hometown college. But if if Nebraska wows him and he wows Nebraska, maybe uh, maybe he doesn't go to K State. Maybe he doesn't look at TCU. Maybe SMU is not in the the offing. The other thing to think about those AJ Bianco. He's he's sent to come out. Uh, later this month, the 18th, and I know Bianco's a, a kid I really like. I like the Hawaiian ties, and if you got Super Mario and Frost excited about this kid, uh, there's probably not a wrong choice, but you're not going to get a chance to see Bianco, and he hasn't played in like two years because Hawaii didn't have football during COVID. Justin Williams, he is a phenomenal back. Nebraska got in early on him. Everyone else is jumped on board and you've got West Virginia and Louisville and SC also a consideration along with Lane Ball down at Old Miss, Minnesota, Vandy and NC State. Williams uh, one of the headliners, Landon Sampson, big time wideout out of South Lake, Texas, 61180, another big body wideout, uh over 1200 yards last season as a junior, 15 touchdowns. Nebraska competing against Colorado and SMU for him. And then this is a name that uh, you need to pay attention to because of what Nebraska wants to do. And I think you'll see more of this year. That's the tight end usage. And then, of course, you got Fedoni uh, pre-injury that was going to make some headways. You have Carney, of course, uh, stud out of Norris. But Chase Androff uh, is out of uh, Lakeville South in Lakeville, Minnesota. You're more familiar with Minnesota than I am. Lake Lakeview is that what it was? Right, but that could be like anywhere in Minnesota. It really could. So yeah. he's six six. He's two thirty, and uh, he's a kid that Nebraska likes. Anyone Iowa State's after? I never thought I'd say this in my life. 
Nebraska needs to be after. So uh, Iowa State's in there, Sparty's in there, as well as Central Florida and Kansas State. So with the uh, the offensive line, two other names, Ashton Craig and uh, Valen Erickson. He's out of Chicago. Uh, you have Craig out of Indiana. And then these are two names that Nebraska's got to work on because of, of who else is after. Nico Davalier, he's out of Arkansas. Arkansas, really uh, intrigued by him. That's the home state school Nebraska's got to beat. Uh, ranked number seven in the state, 6'2", 265. They like to put a few more LBs on him, let him do his thing in the middle, I think. And then Jalen Marshall is out of uh, Overland Park, Kansas. Family connection to Oklahoma State. He'll get a look at Oklahoma as well and Georgia and Mississippi State. The Pirates recruiting him. So Marshall uh, is a kid within that 500-mile radius, but Nebraska is going to have to battle uh, Arizona, Arizona State, and Oregon also there. So those are some of your headliners, uh, a full list, hailvarsity.com. But we'll see where Nebraska can go what Nebraska can do with Friday Night Lights, get some up-close and personal time with the kids. Back to baseball. Arkansas now up 10-3, correct? They hit another bomb, or was that a, was that a yeah, was shot with runners on? 10-3 last time I checked. Let me refresh this thing. Yeah, 10-3. They, they are now in the top of the sixth. Okay, so it is – well, it's boss hog time. Start partying in Fayetteville. Nebraska baseball <laughs> is – has done kind of the remarkable, done the incredible in such a short amount of time. And it's going to be real key for Nebraska to to be able to weather some storms. They're, I'm not worried about them tonight. I'm not worried about Povich on the hill. I'm not worried about Nebraska's hitting against, dare I say it, and I'm going to jinx all of this, but the number two pitcher, uh, for Northeastern. Okay, I'm just, I'm, I'm not. I think Nebraska will come in, come locked in, come focused. I think they'll have that PO'd attitude because A, they're a, they're a two seed, they're not hosting, and then the disrespect shown where they got sent. Out of their control, but you can sure use that as fuel. I think they will. But when it comes to what we all want to see, and that's tomorrow at 7, Nebraska, Arkansas, and the winner's bracket, how Nebraska responds to a juggernaut, to a team that's got the pressure on them. Nebraska's going to be able to play loose, going to be able to play their type of baseball and just kind of roll with it. They have their own expectations. They have their own goals. But Nebraska does not have the target on them. They're hunting, not hunted. I was going to say, is it kind of like a, you know, uh, not afraid to lose standpoint or like nothing to lose, I mean? I I think you can go in there with that. Yeah. But, uh, again, this team's a little – sometimes when you have that nothing to lose attitude, it's because you're a fluke. And I don't think – obviously, we don't think Nebraska's a fluke with baseball. But from a competition standpoint, through no fault of their own, thank you, Kevin – Nebraska really hasn't seen anybody like Arkansas. I, I, I really, and I don't know who you compare in the Big Ten to Northeastern, just from, from what you've seen. So mm-hmm. Nebraska's goal is to not be Arkansas first and foremost, and that's come out flat, disinterested, or not respecting the game. Maybe, new, well, and, and Arkansas also played with a little fire with how they came out 
pitching wise. I mean, they they threw out two of their larger ERA arms, right? Our our less than best can get this done. And if the pitching's an issue, which it has been, at least through the first three innings for Arkansas before their offense went nuts, they'll, they'll be okay. Nebraska I, will have to be great, and you'll need some help uh, with, with Arkansas, and they've already gone through four pitchers. Maybe that takes a toll if you get them uh, again on a Sunday, if you see them on Saturday. But uh, I think Nebraska's mentality is a decided advantage this weekend and uh, they're absolutely hungry Arkansas for sure is because they want to go get DVH that first national championship they've had some great teams this may be their best more football thoughts we'll get into some uh, LeBron bashing not that we're on that wagon but most of Twitter is and we're back fellas I think we could Listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Great to have you back. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson is in. As Elijah Herbal, bless his soul, he's going to a wedding and a reception, and he's going to a reception with no booze. That's friendship, man. It's an easy fix, right? It's an easy fix. You know, my brother's getting married in a few weeks. That was almost going to happen. How'd that? Tell me about that. Well, let's get Derek Peterson in here. Yeah. Uh, com and Magazine. Phenomenal work with all things Nebraska. Dr. PDHV on Twitter. Derek, have you been to a wedding that, that did not have any booze at the reception? Ever? Um, yes, I think. But I mean, you're going I to might wish not have the, been the, old enough to drink at the time. Okay, okay, so might not have mattered. Right. Since I've since I've uh, come of age, mm-hmm. I don't think I've been to a wedding that didn't have alcohol. You kind of got to, don't you? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, <laughs> the, 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 a wedding serves two functions: the the actual ceremony mm-hmm. to wed the two people together and then the reception is for drunk dancing and drunk people making fools of themselves that's i mean that's it's very it, in terms of in terms of function it, that one's very close to being the, the primary function of a wedding it is i mean you get your phone ready you roll and it's blackmail yep exactly yep so okay you're, you're a little little a little nefarious there well let's just call it like it is <laughs> My father-in-law still wants to find a padded room with no cameras to take my brother into because it was a, an open, all-expense-paid bar. And uh, my brother did every uh, every effort to try and make sure there was no captain left. <laughs> That's great. I, I, I mean, you know, an open bar. That's right. Can't blame him. Uh-huh. Alcohol helping dudes dance since... Well, the 1700s, right? So, <laughs> got to get your take here on, on this weekend for Nebraska football. And I know with Nebraska, what in your mind is, is Nebraska's kind of blueprint and then strength, in your opinion, when it comes to, to in-person and on-campus visits and execution from a staff standpoint? What, what are they 
what do they just excel at based on what you've seen here covering Nebraska and some of the kids they've been able to, to get signatures from? Uh, I mean, they're, they're really good at presenting themselves uh, once people get here. Um, they're good you know, at putting their best foot forward. Um, Zach Duvall is a big piece of that. Um, lots of guys have, have said that his presentation, um, when they go through kind of that portion of it, sort of the strength and conditioning portion with Duvall and, and with Dave Ellis, um, that that one is something that a lot of a lot of and a, and a lot of parents as well. Um, so you know the kid and families extended come away from that um, being really really impressed by what Nebraska has to offer from from that standpoint. And Duvall's work at this point um, really kind of speaks for itself. You know Nebraska hasn't had the, the record that people want, but um, Duvall just in terms of of what he has been asked to do has done a really a really good job so far, um, and you know I mean he it, it's been reported it's been talked about at this point he opens up that presentation with a talk about Khalil Mack, um, mm. <laughs> who he was with. It's a, it's uh, a good when, start, when, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at you know what Khalil looked like um, before college, and then show what he looks like now. And it's like this is what strength and conditioning done the lightweight can do for you. And so here at Nebraska, the you know, this is what Husker Power, uh, the the combination of Zach Duvall and, and Dave Ellis, this is what we can we can do for your kids, um, and that can be, um, you know, that can that can be a, a pretty good sales pitch. Um, and then you know, Nebraska doesn't have the greatest facilities um, in the country. They're certainly building towards that. It's not really something that you can kind of show it off, but, but not a ton right now. Um, they're absolutely though using that in recruiting. Um, and they'd be kind of foolish not to, but you know, I think too, like their coaching staff, when you get into talking to individual assistants, um, you know, I, I, I really like the staff that Frost has and I've liked it from the time that they got here. And, you know, with the exception of, of a few pieces here and there, I, they've, they've really done a nice job so far um, in terms of recruiting talent to the university and then developing some of the talent that they got, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they've got success stories that they can pitch and sell. And, um, you know, they, they've got, they, they, they've got just a, a way of, of showing guys like, Hey, this is, this is what we can do for you from an individual development standpoint. And then you go, you know, put that kid with a a guy showing him around campus that's maybe Cam Taylor Britt, mm-hmm. and, you know, you, you've got a good visit. Spend a little bit of time without giving too much away. Can't wait for the uh, Hale Varsity yearbook. Great uh, cover shot of Ben Stilley. And, Derek, you've been a part of some phenomenal features, and uh, your focus for this yearbook was Cam Taylor Britt, correct? Yep, that's correct. And, well, just kind of give me a little tease on just what you wanted to do and what you think you knocked out. Um, well, pie in the sky, I wanted to go golfing with Cam or, like, go see a to big a golfer? place or, like, soccer. Well, see, so he – everybody saw the, the through our eyes piece that Nebraska mm-hmm. did with Cam with a, a focus on Cam. That series has been awesome, that episode in particular – looking at, at Cam was, was really awesome. Um, he's, 
you know, he had that he had that comment where he was like lacrosse, badminton, tennis, whatever you name it, we'll do it. And I was like, well, that's just what this guy is, and that is what he has always been. He's the guy that um, asked him to do something, and he's going to not only be like, okay, sure, but he's going to try to be the best at that thing. Um, and so the story is is really just a look at. Um, him as he's going into what will be his final year at Nebraska. Um, he's he's probably one of, one of if not the their best pro prospect mm-hmm. um, at the end of this upcoming season. And the dude is competitive as hell, man. I mean, he's you know there are stories in there of him um, you know competing with siblings to see who can finish their bowl of cereal faster. Um, <laughs> there are stories in there of of um, him. <laughs> Him thinking that he could be a drum major in the band, uh, perform at halftime, and then go back into the locker room and get ready to, to come back out and play the second half. That would only um, add to the the the, the venom of what, what are the adjustments going to happen, you know, if you're letting your top guy out there be the drum major. Well, he wanted to do that in high school, uh, and they told him no. They told him it wasn't a possibility in high school. But his favorite movie, I was told, uh, is Drumline. Gotcha. It's a fantastic movie. Um, just a lot of stories of... of Cam, he's just a, um, he's got a, he's got a, like a bright aura around him. He's a really easy guy to talk to. He's a really easy guy to root for. Um, he's a guy that, you know, just everybody that comes into contact with loves on him. And he, he sort of returns that, but then you get him in between the lines on a football field and like his, his favorite move when he was growing up playing peewee football was the stiff arm. And he played running back because he wanted to run people over and stiff arm people into the dirt. Um, and his dad said it was a little Derrick Henry light when he was when he mm. was little. And he would watch videos on YouTube and and he was like, "Yep, this is what I'm going to pull in the game." And then you know he told me that he like guys would would try to get to the end zone. No, I would look for somebody to run over and then I would go score a touchdown. And you know that's 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 a good way to describe Cam. So there's just a lot of stories in there. Um, about him being uber competitive, him being a people pleaser, him being um, just a, a really good kid, a really good ambassador for Nebraska, um, but but competitive as hell. Him and I are gonna are gonna go against each other in two K one of these days whenever I get some free time. There, that's that's what I'm saying here, and let's let's lay this out so we get the Derek Peterson tour with Cam Taylor Britt. I'm thinking there's. I don't want to speak for you, but I would I would shy away, or maybe you're you're good with it. Would you do one on one with Cam, or would you do a game of horse? Uh, in like real life, basketball? as in like yeah, normal real basketball. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we'll do one on one. Okay, so I will. Uh, you do basketball, I, then you do then you do two K, and then I think you got to get a game of Madden in, and round I'll it out round it out with some to... some ping pong. I'll line up on a football field across from him and let him tackle me if it's for content. I'll do whatever in the name of content. Uh, we should pull the old Johnny Knoxville jackass moment where Dr. Petey's there to return a punt against special teams. <laughs> when we were, uh, when and if you score school, a touchdown, you know this place will burn. <laughs> when I was in school, my paper wanted to uh, to get permission or, or get approval to like go through a summer workout practice. 
and uh, that was shut down very quickly because they they didn't want to deal with the the liability <laughs> problems that would come with us potentially getting our heads knocked off. So I imagine Nebraska would be the same. But Cam wants to uh, Cam wants to kick it off to me and then come try to tackle me. It won't be very hard for him to try to tackle me, but I'll play along. Oh, you're gonna just find a way to make a move, get get down the sideline, and then do the old Heisman in the end zone. I'll stiff, I'll stiff arm him on the way down there. That that would be wonderful. Uh, Dr. Petey, about a minute left. Do you got a prediction here out uh, in the East here as things have moved forward in, in the in the NBA? Uh, Philly looks really good, but Joel Embiid is, is questionable. Mm-hmm. His health and Ben Simmons was tough down the, the stretch of the season. Milwaukee looked really, really good. Um, but I don't know how much of that was them looking really good or the Heat looking not as good as, mm. as they did a year ago. Um, Brooklyn, I mean, we'll see. Milwaukee will be a good test for them. It, the winner, the winner of the Milwaukee Brooklyn series coming out of the East. Mm. Uh, just like I, I still believe that the whoever won the Lakers Suns series was going to come out of the West, and that happened to be the Suns. So they might pick in the West. How's the office hijinks been with poor Greg and uh, between you and Jacob and LA being ousted? <laughs> Jacob has been gracious. I know he. Uh, I, 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 that's how it sounded. I'm. I'm sh- kind of shocked, both of you, because you know, as much garbage as we give you about OKC, I mean, you're. Uh, I'd be handing it back out if I was you. Well, I think it's because it wasn't. I don't mean this is trash talk. It wasn't a competitive series after the first <laughs> two games. You're right. I mean, like, I mean, it wasn't. Like, you know, I was watching LeBron James last night. I was like, this dude gave up. Yeah. <laughs> And and yeah, that's a whole separate yeah, uh, we're issue getting there next. that you know, spend a bunch of time on. But yeah, like yeah, you know, you can't really trash talk when both guys, both parties know. Yeah, you you were the better team. Derek, we'll check in next week. Thanks for the time today, bud. Appreciate you, man. At HailMarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Bill Dolman's 25 minutes away. Brandon Vogel, Danny Burke, Burke's best bets in hour two. Good stuff from Derek Peterson, Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson with you. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. So uh, NBA, and I talk more NBA once we get to June. We've hit a lot of Husker football Friday Night Lights. More thoughts, more reaction tomorrow after it happens, 6 to 8 tonight. Husker baseball gets rocking at 7. Arkansas up 10 to 3. And they are putting the sleeper hold as we speak on the New Jersey Institute of Technology. But it did take Arkansas four pitches, pitchers, including cops coming in for for one out. So there is that with the Arkansas pitching staff. So LeBron is a guy that has delivered every inch of the hype since being 17, since being on the cover of Sports Illustrated, since signing with Adidas and then doing his Nike tour and going to Cleveland and delivering a title, delivering a title in Miami, taking some horrid Cleveland teams to the finals and getting ousted. He's 37, 38 years of age, going on 50. Just look at him. He looks like a a president after eight years in office, the before and after picture. (laughs) Some jobs just age you. He is aging. He is still incredible. He's still averaging a lot of points. 
His effort has been questioned. They have been ousted. And Phoenix is for real. Booker's incredible. He's uh, been a steal. He kind of dropped in the draft because of back issues out of Missouri. Well, Phoenix is, you know, they're they're great, right? Phoenix is, and you haven't been able to see that since Barkley and Dan Thunder Dan Marley, right? I mean, we're talking twenty five plus years. So LeBron's now fourteen and one in opening round games. You go get eighty, and and he's dinged. His growing's a mess. And he can't get it done. LeBron last night, after getting eliminated, not long after he uh, he gifted his jersey to to Booker, which which was cool. But the look on LeBron's face, just his body language, he knew he was defeated. And out of your champions, you don't want to see that type of body language. And some will say effort. But quite frankly, he had one leg and one arm tied behind his back this series, especially with a, with a dinged-up 80. Here is LeBron last night. Um, well, if you just – I mean, I think I always think about just from the moment we entered the bubble to now today, it's been uh, draining. Mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally draining. Did not stop you know, me from you know, committing to the game, committing to my teammates, committing to the work, um, you know, putting in the work mentally sound to stay as sharp as I possibly could. But, you know, throughout it, it's been, it's been mentally draining, you know, and like you said, dealing with, you know, every team has to deal with it, um, obviously. Um, but with us in Miami, obviously, you know, going, you know, the long haul in the bubble and then coming right back on a short notice, you know, to the season, it's been, it's been you know, very draining. So, you know, like I said, I commend my teammates, commend, commend the coaching staff and his organization, just being ready to go uh, when the time was called and, you know, giving everything we had up until this moment, but, uh, you know, better, made a better man win. And, uh, Sons was a better man throughout this year. So, gracious in defeat. I have no doubt he's committed to win. He wants that legacy to continue, the, the legend to grow. And when he doesn't deliver, it's news. And the arrows fly. And I'm not in the shut up and dribble camp. I've never been that with a pro athlete when when they want to speak their mind on things. You don't have to agree with them. It may turn some older NBA fans off. Guys I know that love basketball won't watch or don't watch because they're annoyed for whatever reason. I know that there's a, just a ton of people who get into it. And it's that or baseball right now. And it is phenomenal athleticism and work, high-flying, three-point shooting, giants that roam the earth that can hit from distance. Now, I don't doubt that LeBron is committed to his team, to his league. I question whether his teammates are as committed as him. And you've got an age gap. You do. And even Anthony Davis. Let's talk about AD here. What's he doing? In the offseason, what's he doing during the season? That's been a question mark. That's been a topic. Why are you hurt? And if I'm LeBron James and they got to figure out what they want to do with their roster, I sit his ass down and I talk to him. He's like, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? You're rich. You're famous. You're talented. You've won in, in college. Takes a little more. <laughs> Takes a little more in the NBA to get out of, to get out alive, to get out around one alive. Let's hear from Shaq. Laker great and Hall of Famer. Love uh, watching him and Chuck and Ernie and the crew. Uh, 
kind of chop it up and, and shack uh, through two hand grenades. As a former Laker, I have G14 classification to say what I'm about to say. They play soft, they play with no heart, play with no pride, and they play with no sense of urgency. LeBron had 24 points, uh, one starter had seven, one had four, then you got two starters that had zero. When one guy goes down, next man got to step up. Every team has that guy, Draymond and Chuck, that I wish I had more shots. I wish I had more opportunity. You got to step up. Not, not only that, they're giving that money away now. This is your chance to make a name for yourself. You know, Kyle Kuzma, like we've been waiting for Kyle Kuzma to be that guy. I need, I need, I need a 30 piece from Kyle, from Kyle Kuzma. AD's out. Somebody got to step up. You know, Bron, Mr. Big Shoulders, you know, he didn't play great. And uh, I'm sure he's going to come back and play great. But, you know, when it comes to the Lakers and, you know, the great championship team, they play with pride. You know, we always ain't, ain't have all our players healthy, but we still play with pride. The, the Stars play well. Stars play when they were hurt and the others stepped up. That was a couple of nights ago when I got down to it. Headlock time for Phoenix up 3-1. Fast forward to last night. I mean, Anthony Davis gave you five minutes, and it was time to stick uh, somebody's whole arm into the uh, Amazon River where the piranhas attacked. It's exactly what Phoenix did. Charles Barkley gets all over Anthony Davis with just uh, that question out there. I mean, street clothes is the nickname he gave him. Here's the, uh, the take from Chuck. But I can't believe the doctors put him out there. He should not even try Ernie. Me and Kenny watch this. Let's watch Anthony Davis. You saw right from jump ball. I don't know. I, I don't even know. They saw some in warm up to make him think he could play. But uh, listen, he's a he's a terrific kid. He's a hell of a player. But there's no way he should have been out there. But I will say this: they're gonna have to they're gonna have to sit him down this summer and say, "Yo, man, is something going on with your training?" Because you know, Ernie and Shaq and Kenny know this. You should never be hurt early in your career. Like you, like I always told people, from 22 to 32, you're Superman, and then obviously age and all the games take their toll. For him to always be hurt, he's doing something wrong. And at this stage of LeBron's career, Anthony Davis is going to have to be the best player on that team if they're ever going to be good again. LeBron, at some point, and age is starting to catch up with him too. There's no that he's going to just keep playing great for eternity. It's not going to happen. But at this stage of Anthony Davis' career, he should be the best player on that team. So they're going to have to sit him down and say, yo, man, what are you doing not getting yourself? Because you, you, you should not be hurt because he's still a young kid, really. Uh, so he should be bulletproof at his age. Phoenix is 18 to 35 from three if you need it. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson, and uh, we will check in with the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, here 10 minutes away. Coming up, Brandon Vogel, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine, and uh, Danny Burke, pride of Chicago. Burke's best bets, so... Will, you jump in here. Are you uh, as, like, gun-ho, dedicated to the NBA? Is that your thing? You know, um, yeah, you I You love like hoops. It. I mean, yeah. you love playing pickup ball. Here's the thing. I'm a Timberwolves fan, okay? And uh, Dude. things are just not good. No. I, I have a feeling we're probably going to lose the team at some point. Where would they move to? Seattle, probably, right? That'd or, be great. Or Vegas, one of those two. 
Yeah, I think you got to. I think you got to look at Vegas, and then Seattle's still a little ticked off. I mean, uh, might I say? I'd say so. That's probably what's going to happen. But you know, I follow hoops, and you know, LeBron. <clears throat> I, I Does he to... wear you out, or are you sick? Of everyone piling on the guy. Well, I no. People I... have you know gotten paid six million a year and work for Fox Sports, piling on LeBron with stupid takes every morning. I know, and I he's the easiest target out there, right? I mean. No, and I agree with you what you said earlier. The shut up and dribble thing. Go ahead and do your thing, LeBron. I'm just concerned, man. I, I, I agree. I think this is the decline of the king we are witnessing right now. I don't think so. I think I think his supporting cast, an injured AD, but, I mean, my goodness. I mean, okay, let's just go through great Laker teams. Okay. Right, Shaq, Kobe, enough said. Amazing. Okay, uh, Kareem, Worthy. <laughs> Magic, okay. Anthony Davis, five minutes. LeBron, Marcus Gasol, Schroeder, Caldwell Pope. You've got you got a yeah one of the Morris twins gave you sixteen minutes and two points. Dudley, McKinney, Kuzma played eighteen minutes, gave you two bleeping points. Mm. It's bad. Matthews, twelve points off the bench in twenty six minutes, but was four for twelve. Anytime Harold gets on the court, he's minus 16. Was last night. Man, that card should have been declined when they went for that deal. Uh, Schroeder, minus 9. Davis, minus 7 in 5 minutes. Oh, my God. LeBron was minus 3, 29 points. But LeBron was uh, 11 for 26. 26 shots to get 29 points. Yeah, Why doesn't somebody break uh, Dame out of jail and put him on the Lakers? Wait for it. Seriously. Wait for it. I could see that happening, Schmitty. That would be Definitely. great. Mm-hmm. You get a healthy Davis, because he's awesome. Yeah. Now, Chris Paul, I mean, that guy's always been dinged. He was 4 for 12 last night, but scored 12 points, and oh yeah, had 12 assists. 12 assists, one, one turnover. Mm. But just the, the overall body language and the screw it type kind of aura that came off of of la that's what's what's wearing people out yeah. that are laker fans and it's what's adding fuel and ammo to to folks that, that hate on lebron i just feel like you know the lebron that i'm used to watching probably would have won that game by himself yes. everyone get on my back like i'm a sherpa <laughs> and let's go to the mountaintop that's what he did well, and I just it, well think- but it, it, it's what he did, and he did it forever, and it still wasn't good enough all those years. People piled on him for not being clutch in Cleveland. He had a bunch of hacks, and he had JR. Couldn't pass a drug test in the 60s. And Kevin Love, who was asleep. Yeah, at least he worked the baby fat off. Bill Dolman's on the way. Hour 2 at Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for hanging out. Hour two, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt. Will Wilson is in, rocking his Minnesota Vikings gear. And I need to send this picture of your Big 8 hat 
to Bill Dolman, the Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. There wasn't a Big 8 tournament Bill Dolman did not do games for. Billy D, uh, Will Wilson's got on one of these old school Big 8 hats. It's got the the green Big 8 in the middle. It's got all the uh, the 8 around the logo, and it's kind of got a master's green build. Do you remember that uh, piece of memorabilia from back in the day down at Kemper? I probably wore the shirt uh, to the store the other day. I mean, I, I don't he's wear wearing anything a, he's unless they're giving hat. me for free. He's wearing a hat. So, well, <laughs> I'm still rocking whatever gear was free to me at this stage. I mean, after the last year and a half, if I wear jeans, it's dressed up. So uh, <laughs> whatever whatever free logoed shirt I got from somebody, I'm sure it's in my closet or in the laundry. Do you have any of that, that 90s gear? From uh, you know the the original Nebraska Adidas like sweatsuit, oh like, yeah, warm up yeah, suit, absolutely, warm up suit and a winter coat. To yeah. go, to would go to the gym, and the the workout facility, and there's you know a few trench coats, there's a few like Patagonia zip ups, and then all by yep. itself is that that sweet zip up Adidas bomber circa ninety five. You know who's killing it on the squat machine. Well, brother, I'm telling you, I got I got stuff uh, from from back in the day that you know, this big old parka that had Nebraska down the the front of its uh, uh, the zipper, and um, that's one of the best winter coats that I have ever had, and is still quite useful 25 years later. I'm uh, I still rock that stuff without question. I like I'm gonna pay for something. Come on. <laughs> Do you have Apex gear? Uh, you know, I, I I don't think I have any Apex gear. I was looking for some Converse All-Stars. Those um, big old high-top boots. Yeah, you know, I, I used to I used to have, uh, <laughs> I think I used to have Charles Fryer's uh, old um, AstroTurf Converse shoes that I used to play softball back in the day. Um Nice pull with Charles Fryer. Yeah, well, big yeah. I was gonna say it might be Guy Rozier, but I think Guy was number four. But uh, guy would have charged. A... Guy would have charged you for him. <laughs> well, I, I got all, brother. I got all that stuff. Uh, there's, there's no question. Why, why would you get rid of old Husker gear from back in the day? You know. Well, I, I had this talk earlier this week, and my lovely wife got rid of some of my my national championship gear. That I purchased while uh, telling Corso he sucked uh, in in '95. So uh, yeah, <laughs> it was in high school. So she she threw out some stuff because they were old. Anywho, uh, let's uh, dive in. What's this weekend mean to you? What's it What's it say about Nebraska baseball? Well, I, I like the fact that um, it, I think they've handled it reasonably well. I think there was some disappointment, and then. You know, you read some of the, the Twitter feed from some of the reporters in Lincoln and uh, other observers about the Huskers took it stride, but, you know, they're not happy. Well, you know, you, you really got to tamp that down a little bit and say, you know, we deserve better. Well, you know what? You got what you got, and you're going to get a chance to play in a great ballpark. There's going to be a lot of people there. To me, it's a lot better to play, you know, in a place like Arkansas where you're going to have a lot of people as opposed to say, I'm, I'm watching some of these regionals right now. And, I, again, I'm tremendously disappointed that Nebraska didn't get an opportunity. Um, and I'm listening to Kyle Peterson talk about, you know, getting bids and who's getting the money and whatnot. But I'm watching the regional out of Florida, and there's not that many people that are at the regional at Florida on a beautiful day. 
Now, maybe they, and well, it's Florida, so I was going to say maybe the pandemic has an issue, but they've been open from day one. <laughs> so I, I, if I'm Nebraska, I would rather be in an environment like that where the juices are flowing a little bit more, you've got the adrenaline, and, and that's presuming that you get ahead to Arkansas. But even if you're playing Northeastern, there's still going to be a lot of people there, I think, at the game tonight. So, uh, you know, appreciate the opportunity that you have, the opportunity to play in a really good environment, and then go about your business, which I think, you know, starting Pulvich tonight is, is important because should Nebraska beat Northeastern? Absolutely. But you got to stay in, in the routine that's best for him and best for your team. It also says, you know, look, we're not overlooking your, our opponent ahead the next day and give them something, you know, to get fired at the battle. Although sometimes I think that's overblown. But it also says, you know, to, um, to Shannon and, and Roach, you're our guys, okay? So game two is Arkansas. I think that's going to be Roach, right, would, who would start game two in a winner's bracket game? I would think so, but, you know, don't count out Schwellenbach. I mean, right. Well, yeah, absolutely. I get that, okay? I get that you might do something uh, against Arkansas. I don't know if they're predominantly left-handed or right-handed inning lineup. All I'm saying is I, I think after the initial announcement, yeah, you're mad and you should have been treated better by the Big Ten, really supported by the Big Ten. You shouldn't be the 32nd seed in this tournament by any stretch of the imagination. But here's where you're going, and we're just going to go about our business the way we have. And, and I, so I, I think that Nebraska has done a good job after the initial announcement on Monday. No, I, I don't fear or worry about the team or the coach. The fans can react and be disheartened, but Nebraska's been a chip-on-their-shoulder squad a la Will Bolt all year long, and it's worked well. Now, my question to you is, you're going to get hit in the mouth either tonight or, or tomorrow at some point unless you just steamroll. And, and I just it's not that I am knocking Nebraska baseball. It's just it, Arkansas is that good. They're that tough. You're going to get bloodied a little bit. Uh, ask New Jersey Institute of Technology, who jumped out 3 nothing. It's now 10-3. to uh, defensive touchdown, apparently. Uh, so my my thought is this. Nebraska's mindset of being able to kind of minimize the damage or respond, Bill, and, and they can go back to, to how they responded. 11 out of 13 post-Rutgers where the moment was kind of on them. They were ranked. There was some buzz, and it wasn't a good weekend in Lincoln. But they weathered that, and then they they built on it. Uh, are they going to be able to kind of point back to that, reach back to that experience anyway, and kind of transport it to this weekend when there is adversity? Well, you know, I think uh, not that it was necessarily adverse, but I think last weekend was was important because Same. you you wrap up the Big Ten title at Indiana. Okay, well, there's no atmosphere there, but you wrapped up the Big Ten title. You come in, you got three more games that you thought you were going to have to be jacked up for. You know, with the with the title going all the way down to the final day of the regular season, and in regard, in reality, you bring the trophy back with you from Bloomington, right? But they they end up winning two out of three, and I think that was significant that they didn't just sit back and there oh, we got it done. It doesn't matter what happens here. Let's get ready for the NCAA tournament. They didn't sweep Michigan, and I don't think anybody expected that. But they played well. They pitched well. They won a close game. They lost a close game. They come back and win game three of that series. I think there are a lot of positives to come out of the way they approach the final series uh, of the regular season. Now, I go back to what I said earlier, and, and granted it was a 
a very friendly crowd, but they're playing in an atmosphere. You know, the place was packed last weekend. People were jazzed. They were excited. And that team performed well. They brought the performance level up to the enthusiasm of the home crowd that was expecting them to play well for them, you know, and not sit back and, you know, polish the trophy for three days. <laughs> so I think there's a lot of positives that happened last weekend in the fact that they won that series against Michigan when they were already Big Ten champions. So, you, you know, you take that, and now you're going into a hostile territory. And, you know, playing Arkansas where there should be a lot of people, though I'm watching the game right now, and it's 12 to 5. Um, you know, there's a few empty seats there. But I would imagine that there's going to be people who are going to show up for the game tonight at, you know, 7 o'clock and take in the baseball. It looks like it's a great day there. So uh, I just think there's a lot of things to be positive for Nebraska going into this first game and this first weekend of the tournament. Bill Dolman's with us. Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Hail Varsity Radio. Bill, going to go to football here. What's uh, Scott Frost's pitch this weekend? Finally get to have kids on campus. Well, I think one thing that they, you know, I, I was thinking about this whole, um, you know, the, the shutdown, the dead period. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that, that, and I don't know this, this is just kind of a, a hunch that with all the time that they've had to figure out what's our, what's the best show that we can put on once we're able to unveil everything and open it back up, as opposed to going season to winter conditioning, to spring ball, to, you know, open things up for the summer. With everything shut down, I would think, that Scott and company and all those in charge of recruiting and all of those in charge of their areas that those guys will see that they have been able to figure out, okay, we've got some downtime. How do we tweak this? How do we put our best foot forward at the training table at Husker vision at, you know, Dave Ellis's you know, uh, dining room table, um, you know, the weight room, how do we make the show better in every way possible as opposed to, okay, now we got to check things off once the season is done. So I would think that everything is in place to put on the best show possible for this weekend. You know how much I hate recruiting, but nevertheless, I think this is a, as a, I would think Nebraska is probably pretty well prepared to, to open the door to whoever's going to be there this weekend, officially, unofficially, Friday night lighting. The other thing I would do is get that great big remote control turn on the Husker Vision screens and show the spring game crowd and say, these are the people who showed up, you know, when allowed uh, on a beautiful Saturday afternoon in Lincoln. Imagine what it would be like on a great Saturday afternoon in the fall, because I thought that was a really good show um, on May 1, just because the fans were there. And I think that that would be something that would be a highlight for anybody who's making the trip. You know what? The fans will be full throat tonight. And uh, loud and proud with Friday Night Lights six to eight. A uh, number of, of high level skill guys, quarterbacks in town. So uh, Nebraska's been planning this, been been making do with all the the virtual tours, right? <laughs> and so they're going to get a shot now to to get some FaceTime and continue to impress. Bill, going to go uh, talk some some basketball here. Got about three minutes left. Coach K, why do you think he's getting out? Is it time? Is it time to travel with uh, with Mickey, or is it I, I've got no control anymore? See ya, I'm out. I'm taking my ball, Roy Williams style. You know, I, I really want to 
to say that it's you know, he probably is looking at the uh, the possibilities for the future and all he's done and saying, yeah, now it's time, along with all of the other legends who have gone before me uh, over the last uh, four months, five years, whatever the case might be, and it's time to turn it over to the next generation. Um, and things didn't go well last year, uh, so maybe it's time before it gets worse for me, and I've got to continue to handle, you know, you know, deal with this. Not just one and done, but one month or two and done, as you know, was we've talked about with Zion Williamson two years ago, that people say, oh, you just got to shut it down. So now do you have to worry about players coming into your program in October and November and things aren't going well, so they're going to shut it down like some have? You know, I mean, to me, that's mind-boggling, but he might be looking at it going, you know what, I'm 74 and it's it's just time for somebody else to deal with you know, these challenges of today's collegiate student-athlete with the NIL that Duke's got to be ready for, Nebraska already is. And then I, I don't want to, but look, Duke's implicated in this college basketball scandal that for somehow, some way has been able to be swept under whatever rug there is for almost four or five years now. And, you know, Sean Miller's out at Arizona, but that took how many years? Three? Four? Three. Okay, Kansas is still, you know, got a got a dark cloud, but it's just not raining. You know, North Carolina, Duke, there's all of these major programs that for four or five years have been implicated in, you know, a really, really major scandal, scandal that has has had no resolution and gets no traction whatsoever. And Duke is in there. And so I don't know if he's reading the tea leaves and they're saying, you know what, you might want to go. I, I doubt that, but I cannot believe this continues to go on and on and on. And the only thing I can think of is that the NCAA is buying time to get as much money as they can before things change really, really dramatically in the next four or five years with TV contracts and the power players that are going to make their moves in football. So I don't want to say that that's why Krzyzewski's out, and nobody would ever say that. But when is there going to be some resolution? I have no timeline for you. 30 seconds. You're asked to be the GM of the Lakers. <laughs> aside from purchasing your yacht and saying hi to Jack, you do what for LeBron? Oh, I don't know if he can. Um, I, I think that's a bet that's made. And I'm not sure that, you know, all the bedfellows, I don't think, I, I think that they're in a, in a potential world of hurt with that franchise. I, I wouldn't doubt if he tries to get out and <laughs> I'm going to go back to Cleveland and ride up into the sunset for $200 million a year. I, I really don't. I, you know, father time has clearly caught up to him. He, he clearly has other interests besides basketball with his media empire and his social empire. Uh, Anthony Davis has got to figure out how to stay healthy. There are no other support players around him. Kuzma didn't improve. Um, I, I and he's not going to turn it back and be 37. He'll be 36 and then 35. He he just looks like a worn down, not just basketball player. He looks like a worn down man right now. And I watched some of the game last night. And I don't watch a lot of NBA, but there were two possessions in the last like two, three minutes of the game where he didn't even go down and play defense. He was complaining about not getting a foul on one. And he just didn't go down to the other end of the court for like 12 12 to 15 seconds of a 24-second shot clock. And then he walked off the court without, you know, you know, giving everybody the high five and the handshake. Mm-hmm. 
he just looks like a, a, a man who is really, really worn down. And it's unlike what I think you saw with, you know, other legends who were, you know, going out the way they did. Even Michael Jordan in, in Washington didn't look like a, a beaten man. Mm-hmm. He just looked like a you know, guy who was a little older. And, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant didn't look that way. Uh, so I don't think the Lakers can recover anytime soon. Bill, Especially with the money they have tied up in those guys. Bill, we'll get caught up next week, brother. Great to chat with you. All right, appreciate it. Go Big Red. Back into it at Tale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. I'm thinking he has, well, he's got a mid-80s Husker fitted red cap on, white and Neil John Sanders era, and it might be turned backwards already and hope for some runs tonight for Nebraska baseball. We welcome in Brandon Vogel, HailVarsity.com and Magazine Managing Editor at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogue's big night for the Big Red, but let's dive into this New Jersey Institute of Technology. Did you apply there? <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, I was I was I was very far away from technology, um, which much to my career earnings, uh, <laughs> I, I, I chagrin at the moment. But but I but I like what I do, uh, as as I hope everybody does. Um, so, so I made my peace with it, but on the, on the John Saunders note, like, I don't know. I, I have a baseball signed by him somewhere from, uh, the baseball camp that I went to with him in Scottsbluff, Nebraska, Ooh. but maybe I need to find that before tonight. You know, uh, Harris used Joe Boo on the mound uh, before, uh, the Clue Haywood led Yankees came in for that one game playoff. <laughs> You know, Nebraska should handle Northeastern tonight. That's the the hope for Nebraska Nebraska fans. But I want to spend a second just we we compare a lot of programs and coaches and it kind of crosses sports with, well, so and so did this in year one, or so and so did this in year two, or year three's the launch, right? Well, uh, 15 games and then a second season post-COVID for Will Bolt, and he's in some great company. Does it feel? This is obviously like knee-jerk, but my take: does it feel? Does it feel Van Horn-esque? Like something's about to pop because of just the mold that the Bolt's kind of cut out of that that Dave Van Horn mold. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I've, I've drawn that connection myself. Um, it's, it's a natural one to draw. I've, I've more just been focused on kind of how, how amazing this is. Like, team building to me in any sport, you know, no matter where you look, is, is the key to the whole game at the, college, at the college level. And for Bolt to be able to do that through having 15 games to, to start a season and then nothing, um, and to be able to build a roster and to keep everybody bought in. Like, I mean, <laughs> quick quick story about this Nebraska baseball team. At the, the point that I knew that, like, oh, there's, there's like, something really here. My dad um, talked about how much he loved Nebraska baseball. It was, like, an old-school approach. You know, they do, they do it the right way. Um, so for him to forward that information voluntarily told me, like, oh, there's something really going on here. 
Brandon Vogels with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Vogels, you, you, you chirped out for just a half a second, and it started with my dad, and, and it forwarded an email. So fill in the blank for us because this sounds good. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not a huge texter, nor the type of person who's just like, you know, constantly volunteering information. He texted me out of the blue to say, I, I really love this baseball team. I mean, he's a big baseball fan. He's watched baseball for a long time. Uh, to say, I really love this baseball team. They just do it the right way. It's old school. And at that point, I was kind of like, okay. I mean, Nebraska's record was very good. And obviously, I was keeping tabs on it. But at that point, I was like, oh, there's there's something here. And, you know, Will Bolt and staff did a great job bringing in talent, adding to the roster that they inherited, yes. But to be able to do what they did is is all about team building. And, and it's, it's what I think gives Nebraska a, a, a better than you'd think shot this weekend. Because when you have those bonds, um, you have the capability to, to go on a little bit of a run, even though you're at the number one seed in the country's home field. Brandon Vogel's with us on Hale Varsity. Vogel's, I uh, want to get into that team-building concept with Nebraska, specifically Friday Night Lights, of course, Torres, the quarterback, is here. Williams, the running back, tight end out of Minnesota. A couple of interior guys on the offensive and defensive line. Nebraska's fighting for a couple of those defensive tackles, obviously, uh, respectively. But, you know, I don't, I don't look at the build by Frost now going into year four as off or wrong, but you've had a lot of of attrition and i know you've kind of highlighted that and it's something you also took a, another gander at here for the yearbook yeah it's it's interesting because you know so many of these kind of successful regimes we see across whatever whatever sport you want to consider tend to take off pretty quickly and and some of that i think is well, maybe that's just the era. Some of it is also, I think, well, coaches don't get much more time than that. So for Nebraska football to to take kind of the slow build approach, one, there's not a lot of places where you get the time to do that. So two, if you can do it, it might end up being a little bit stronger down the road. Now, that's all up in the air to be decided in fall of 2021 and beyond. Um, so, so we'll see. There's, there's just not a lot of places where you get the freedom to do that. And it's, it's been tough for, for Nebraska fans. Well, it's been tough for everybody who kind of follows Nebraska football because the UCF trajectory was defined by how quick it was. I mean, that was everything. And not having that here kind of threw everybody for a loop, certainly threw me for a loop. Not that I expected, okay, well, this will just transport directly from Orlando to Lincoln, but, you know, they've maintained that, that kind of patient point of view, and, and I'm with them on that. It, it kind of has to show up a little bit in, in 2021. Getting back on the recruiting trail it's, it's going to get interesting because, yes, it feels a little bit like, okay, well, we're back to normal because everything opened up and recruits can visit and we can recruit again. Every coach in the country is saying that. But, like, what are the changes that 
we haven't seen yet from from the pandemic. And I think there will be some of those, but I couldn't tell you what they were at this point. Vogues, when we talk about recalibrating, when when do you think it hit Frost that I've got to change a little bit? And and I mean that with what I'm recruiting in here. A lot of the guys that, that have left from a from a size, yeah, they were fast. They were incredible athletes. But a lot of the guys who've left uh, have not gone to other Power 5 programs. They've gone to, to group of five schools. It's not a knock on them. That's just kind of the landing spot. Do you think it... it kind of hit Frost that I need bigger skill guys, specifically at wide receiver and in running back? Or do you think that was after after last year? Do you think it was post-2019? I kind of point back to the two-year contract extension that Moose gave him shortly into his tenure where maybe that's the moment where they needed the... They've always been going after bigger and stronger dudes on the line of scrimmage. I don't think they've... Uh, been off on that, but from a skill standpoint, you see the makeover at wide receiver from a height and, and size standpoint. Yeah, I think I think they they recognized it pretty quickly on the line, um, and maybe even before they they coached the game in the conference. Just from you know at that point where you're officially done with UCF and you're into Nebraska and you're like watching all of the game film you can watch. Um, you probably recognize that pretty quickly because offensive line in particular, like they've recruited to a type and they found that type and that's what our Nebraska line looks like now. Like good luck finding one. I mean, they're far and few between at this point that aren't six, six or, or more. Mm-hmm. It seems like uh, it, it did come along a little bit more slowly. I feel like at the skill positions, it felt a little more like, okay, well, these are the guys that work for us at UCF and maybe even Oregon before that. Um, and, and the Big Ten is just a different game, you know. Who knows exactly when when that changed, but for me, a real turning point, I think, for everything we've seen so far was that Minnesota game in 2019. You know, the season was kind of still in the balance at that point. Um, that Minnesota team ended up winning 11 games, being really good, and, and they were good at the point that Nebraska played them. But for, for a Minnesota, a team you traditionally out-recruit, um, a team that's you know kind of classically big on the lines, but, but probably had, well, not probably, almost certainly had better skill talent than Nebraska at that point, um, for them to just kind of manhandle the Huskers the way they did at that game in Minneapolis, I think that, at least for me, I don't know if it's true for the coaches, but was kind of the shock and awe moment of like, okay, like this is this is a far different ball game than than is played in a lot of other places. Brandon Vogel is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Brandon, when you look at this 2021 Husker roster, do you think this is the first Husker team that there's been that's really looked like a Big Ten team since the Huskers uh, jumped ship and went over to the Big Ten? I mean, it's pretty clear the Mike Riley teams were more Pac-12 than Big Ten. But when I look back at the Bo Pelini teams, do you think he was ever to, able to make that switch over to a Big Ten squad? No, I, I don't think he had enough time to do that. And I think they were working on it. And, you know, that staff had recruited really well for the talent they needed in the Big 12. And that was enough for those early years in the Big 10 to be pretty good. Um, they had some really good athletes. It's, it's a matter of, like, okay, well, it's going to be a little bit different on the line. And it might be a little bit different in the secondary in terms of, of what you're looking 
looking for. And linebackers, you know, just based on kind of the Big 12 totally wide open versus the Big 10 where you might have, okay, three or four teams that really open it up that much, it changes what you need at linebacker too. And, and Nebraska hasn't had a first-team all-Big 10 linebacker since Levante David. Um, which which tells me a lot, you know. I mean, Levante David was a great player, but you're just looking for a little bit different couple, different kind of guy at, at certain spots. And it, and it took a long time to adjust. And when you add in, okay, Mike Riley's coming from the Pac-12, that's an adjustment. Yeah, I think this might be as close as they've been to like, okay, this has been recruited specifically based on what we've seen since we're in the Big Ten. Um, you notice it most on the lines, but this year you do have the potential, I think, to notice it at wide receiver as well, and, and maybe even linebacker, that, that position I mentioned. Brandon Vogel's with us. Uh, get the uh, Hale Varsity yearbook, uh, HaleVarsity.com. can pre-order 8553-HUSKER. Uh, also uh, get the bundle, digital, and uh, print. You'll love the subscription. Vogels will check in tomorrow morning for the weekend edition. Take care and uh, uh, put that baseball rally cap on. Sounds good. Thank you. He'll be back at his regularly scheduled time next week, but a special Friday Best Bets with Danny Burke, Pride of Chicago, at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter's where you find him, Rush Hour, his show, over under Danny Burke on you freaking out after your second injection. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Yeah, the over-under is how many hours before I start to feel like that full of crap. Um, you know, the optimist in me is putting it at about uh, 10 and a half, and hopefully the over hits. But, uh, you know, I guess I'm just going to be bedridden all day tomorrow, and, you know, with all the sports going on, not the worst day to have that be the case. I think just as a precaution, you need to go hit Rush Street tonight. And uh, and then if you feel bad in the morning, it's because of, of what you did on Rush Street. Exactly. Yeah. You just got to put the two and two together and you use it as an excuse. You're like, ah, no, I'm just really hung over. That's all. So you're going to feel like crap. You might as well go balls to the wall, right? Daddy Burke with us. Pride of Chicago. Burke's best bets. Daddy's show rush hour on the VEASAN Sports Network. Multiple affiliates across the country and uh, on the iHeartMedia app. So, Daddy, before we dive into the NBA, you've got the Superbook putting out uh, college football playoff title odds. 5-2 Ohio State, 9-2 Clemson, 9-5 Bama, 8-1 OU in Georgia, 30-1 A&M and Texas, 40-1 LSU and Notre Dame, Nebraska, Missouri, TCU, UCLA, Utah, West Virginia, 200-1. Danny, how much heat you putting on the Big Red? <laughs> well, for me personally, and I'm sorry to disappoint the crowd, I'm going to be putting zilch, zero, on the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And it's actually interesting, Smitty. I feel like, you know, every season that we look to tout Nebraska in their upcoming year, the sports books usually give them a lot more respect. But because, honestly, you know, first of all, it's just a national recognition, the high expectations, and because you usually get a flood of Nebraska fans going to Vegas, which you know, just based off of the liability type of thing and overall handle, you know, they naturally move the line down. It's not necessarily because they think maybe that they're going to be better, but I think this year they've kind of finally, you know, realized that, okay, Nebraska probably isn't going to live up to the hype that they have every single season. And 200 to 1, they're going to get a lot of action on that again because you're going to get a lot of tourists from the Nebraska area and just Cornhusker fans. 
you know, you're in Vegas. You want to bet on your team and long shots at 200 to 1? Yeah, why not throw 20, 10 bucks on it, whatever it may be. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it moves down because of the liability aspect. But me personally, uh, no, I'm just going to be taking them game by game. And, you know, of course, when the regular season win totals come out, that'll be the more interesting angle to kind of handicap. We will get into that for sure. But a flyer bet, Danny Burke says no thanks, even at 200 to 1 right now for a college football championship and playoff run. Danny Burke's with us. Danny, let's uh, jump into the NBA. Any surprises here? I mean, Denver's awesome. Denver's also hampered. They outlasted Dame and in Portland. And man, I hope Dame gets some help because he's incredible to watch. But what a second round now. Denver Phoenix. Of course, you've got Brooklyn Bucks, ATL, and and Philly. And then, of course, the Lakers for the first time in LeBron's career getting ousted in round one. What do you make of this? Kind of react to to how the the postseason's gone and kind of give me a precursor to, to the second round. Yeah, it's like the two biggest takeaways for me is just, you know, you feel bad for Damian Lillard, right? I mean, it's the same story year after year. And, you know, he had that historic game in game five and his teammates couldn't help him get the job done. And then you see them blow that fourth quarter lead. I mean, look at Yusuf Nurkic. I mean, this guy just... I don't know what valuable minutes he provides anymore. He's just a liability out there. He can't do anything defensively <laughs> against Jokic, granted. Most people can't. But offensively, he's just been a turnover machine. And I saw some stat. I think they were up like, I don't know, whatever whatever it was, like 11 points when he was off the court. Then he came in for the whole fourth quarter, and they blew that lead and, you know, lost by a decent amount. So I'm not putting it all on him. But it's little things like that. He needs help uh, with his front court. He, I don't know what is next who's going to be what's going to end up happening with him. He's a loyal guy, so I probably think he ends up staying unless the Blazers just don't get him any help. And, hey, you know, you can't waste his prime of your career if you want to win a championship. So I think he's one of the guys you can't blame if he were to move on because he's really tried everything he can to stick it out in the smaller market with the tools he's been given. So uh, just seeing that kind of stuck out the most. And then obviously, too, I mean, the Clippers and how frustrating they've been. We'll see how they fare tonight against the Mavericks if they can keep things alive. But, look, Luka's unstoppable as well. How far can he take the Mavericks if they can keep moving on? That's going to be a big question. The Clippers, I thought, were the deepest team in the West. And if they lose uh, tonight, Smitty, I mean, you got to think the door's virtually wide open for not as much the Mavericks. I think so, yes, in the sense that Luka's unstoppable, like I said. But how about the Phoenix Suns? There is good value on this team all throughout this postseason, and especially the Lakers were going to be getting eliminated by them in the first round. The Suns, in my opinion, probably the top team as of this point. Well, and that's uh, that's a, an awesome second-round matchup for us, the fans, but not so much for the NBA because those are two teams out of the West that folks love and want to watch. They, they, they do well because of the star power. And, well, uh, to, to take one away so soon is too bad. Usually that's an Eastern Conference, or I should say a Conference Finals matchup. Danny Burke with us. Danny, as we head to the East, uh, what do you think of this Brooklyn Bucks showdown? So I, I was kind of contemplating looking at the Nets, you know, almost laying the $2 for them in the series. But, you know, again, it's, it's too steep. I don't like to lay that much by any stretch of the imagination, especially with the fact that my main concern for not wanting to bet the Nets to win the East or win the championship is, one, not good value. And two, we've seen this in the case of unfamiliarity with teams like this, such as the Clippers. Now, I'm not saying the same is going to happen, but that's a real thing, and that could happen with Brooklyn. Let's see how they fare against an actual competitive team in a seven-game series. I haven't been high in the Bucks by any means, 
but I think they are going to give them a run for their money. So, you know, this one I'm going to be taking a game-by-game basis, and instead of doing the series minus $2, with Brooklyn, I think about a four-point favorite in game one, pretty short line, and you could always attack it in-game and just do the updated series prices as well. So that's probably the way I'll look to attack it. I do think Brooklyn gets the job done realistically. Probably happens in about six games, though. Danny Burks with us, Pride of Chicago, Burks Best Bets. You know, there's not a, a lot of hope that Joel Embiid can be back to normal here, about a minute left or so. But uh, any help from him could be a shot in the arm. Are you on Atlanta's wagon here? Can they can they give you some value? Can you find some props at least? Or are you staying away from anything Atlanta-Philly related? You know, I'm biased in the sense that I took the Sixers to win the East at plus 440 about a month and a half, two months ago. And I, I still think, and this is my argument for backing them, I still think they're arguably one of the deepest teams. You know, with them being involved, they're the deepest team. But without them, they're still deep enough to get past the Atlanta Hawks. I really don't have any concern. Now, would it shock me if Atlanta goes out there and wins game one and everybody's kind of like, oh, it's going on? No, it wouldn't because we've seen that happen before. But that'll just mean even more value with the Sixers. But they're the best defensive team in this Eastern Conference. Atlanta's very, you know, subpar for the most part defensively. They're not terrible, but they're okay. And offensively, you know, they did well enough to beat the Knicks. The reason the Knicks couldn't win is because Julius Randle, your best player, couldn't score. And that's not going to be the case necessarily with the Sixers that have enough lethal weapons. Tobias Harris is a great role player. Ben Simmons is just going to get you, you know, a triple-double almost every game. And Seth Curry is the X factor that people don't talk about as much. He's going to fill in the gaps to provide more points. Not as a big man, of course. He's a guard. But, you know, he'll pick up the slack and get more looks because of the absence of Joel Embiid. And Ben Simmons will be more aggressive, too. So I'm not too worried about the Sixers in this next series. It's, it's really good to have a favorable path to kind of let Embiid rest. So I still have high hopes for Philadelphia if Embiid can take some time off and get back. Danny Burke, Pride of Chicago. Danny, thanks for the time today. You bet, Schmitty. Take care.